Welcome to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant good Saturday afternoon to you. It's uh, Emil Franzink's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, and uh, with us also is... uh, my good friend Booker de France and co-host. It's me. That that be it's you me over here on the horn. We have. Uh, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that we've got uh, a Nancy Quinn. Nancy, are you there? Are you with us? I am here. I'm Yay. here, and I'm so pleased on the program today. Yay, we're happy to have you here with us. Uh, uh, Nancy is a wildlife uh, artist and a wild and uh, an author. Um, her latest book you Just call me a wild author. <laughs> a, a, a wild author. Yeah, there you go. Wild, yeah. A wild author. Um uh, <laughs> Let's see. Wilder than a peach orchard bull. There you go. And more fun than a sack full of squirrels. Anyhow, uh, wildlife artist and an author. Acclaimed wildlife Acclaimed. Artist. Yeah, I like that word. As that well cool? as acclaimed author. Yeah. She won a, a Will Rogers Medallion Award yes, for her, her book um, that we're going to talk about. Well, you know, yeah, let's talk about that. The, uh, the first book is Go West, Young Woman. And then she has another book. It's a sequel to that, Stay West, Young Woman. And, you know, I've been reading I haven't read the books. I look forward to finding a copy of them somewhere. But one of the things that impressed me about the books was that everybody that's read the first book has read the second book, apparently, and they all say that as great as the first book was, they just really they, they fell in love with you, your family, your storytelling, and uh, you know it just I'm excited because one it was so funny when we started when when Harry told me who we were doing I said oh, I, don't, I don't recognize the name that well and then I started looking stuff up and all of a sudden I realized oh I've seen that name all the time but it's like in the art magazines and uh, you know I don't know where to start with start with your art or start with your uh, your um, books what do you think. Well, why don't we start with the art? Okay. That's what I was before I was an author. Yeah. Are you still an you still an artist still, right? I'm still an artist. In fact, I even do some of the illustrations that are in the book. Mm-hmm. And I still work with and handle wildlife. Of course, the book takes a little bit of time, you know, away. Being an author does take time away from being an artist, but I don't really think I can separate the two. No. Because I enjoy. You know, I enjoy doing both of them, and they're kind of a, a nice marriage because animals that I handle, I can actually write about in the books, and then I can also illustrate them. But, yes, I've been a wildlife artist for, uh, well, over 30 years. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, want, I just want to read the full titles on both those books because they're, they in themselves are stories. Go West, Young Woman. Uh from military wife to country life, and then stay west, young woman. The Quinn family Montana home story adventure continues, and you yourself have had quite an interesting and adventurous life. You know, from what I've been able to gather about you. Yeah, you're, she she worked for uh, uh, she was in uh, conservation with the uh, in Florida. Was, yeah. it, was it with the um, what what department were you in in, in uh, when you did that in Florida? 
Yes, I was in law enforcement, and I was a duty officer for uh-huh. the state of Florida for the Florida Game and Freshwater Fish Commission. Okay, I, I worked and, I worked for the Park Service many many moons ago, and oh, uh, you did? yeah, yeah, I was down at down south in Key West. Yeah, Harry's a Floridian part time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, so you're familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. I didn't work in Key West, but I I did vacation there. I actually covered about 15 counties or so in central Florida and up uh, further in north Florida. Mm-hmm. So I worked at different points. Um, but it was it was really interesting work, and it was very productive work, and I felt like I was doing something important, mm-hmm. I think, enforcing the game laws and taking care of, of, you know, the natural world that I love so much was an important job. So I, I really enjoyed my time there. And then later, it also gave me access to different types of animals and even exotic animals that I wouldn't normally have been able to handle once yeah. in a lifetime situation. Yeah, there's there's plenty there's plenty of exotics yeah. down in Florida, regardless of where you go in the state. I mean, it, it, you talking about the two-legged kind or the, or well, the critters? Well, yeah, both. In Key West, it's the two-legged kind, but uh, up on the mainland, uh, I mean, the Florida panther. Jeez, uh, I mean, there's so many, so many well, animals you, there. And you and you did quite a. I know you gathered quite a bit of experience doing animal rescue. I yeah. I did. I did. I really enjoyed that part. And I also worked with some of the Panther projects, so I was able to handle them and did some rehabilitation work with all different kinds of wildlife and birds of prey. So I had quite an extensive uh, experience with all those animals like clouded leopards and I think I mentioned uh, tigers. That was actually one of my favorites, kind of a a once in a lifetime situation but mm-hmm. yes and I enjoy working with them and although I do tell people that they're not pets and they're not no. pets and, <laughs> I get- and an element of calculated risk when you're handling wild animals. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, one of the great joys I had in, in researching you, I came across a photo of you, a photo of young Nancy and a tiger. Mm-hmm. And that's a young tiger, the bluest eyes you've ever seen. And he just looks like he's just so curious. But what's so neat about this picture is you, you know, we obviously tell you you're a young lady, but the look on your mm-hmm. face is like, the little girl that's got her first pony for Christmas. <laughs> I mean, the look on your face is just, uh, it's beyond description. And, you know, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And being able to to handle him and work with him is a memory that even now, when I'm telling you about yeah. it, I'm still smiling. It, oh, it's... it's just, a, a lot of people said, weren't you afraid? And perhaps I was just, a little too young and a little too bulletproof at that age, but I really wasn't afraid. Um, and there was a handler there, so I did have I did have some help. But it was really amazing, and I think that handling these animals helps me capture their spirit right. and their own distinct personalities. And that's what I want to come across, either in a drawing with pencil or even on canvas with paint i really want to capture who they are and the only real way to do that is to get to know mm. them 
Well, don't you think, too, that, you know, not being afraid actually helps you work with the animal because they'll sense that fear. It's, it's like working with a horse. If you're scared of the horse you're working with, you're going to have a hard time because he's going to be constantly afraid of you because of your fear. He reads it and feeds on it. You're completely right. And I think that goes, just like you said, to any any wild animal or any type of, of animal in general, even dogs and cats. They'll know if you don't like them or they'll know if you're afraid of them. And, yeah. and they'll use it to their advantage or it will make them even more uncomfortable and prone to unpredictable behavior. Right. And also, you know, the way you use your body language with an animal a lot of times has a lot to do with how well you get along with them. Yeah, that's right. That's true. They read that as well. Just, just like we read theirs, we're, yeah. we're all looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, we can tell when their ears are laid back. They can't tell if our ears are laid back or not. <laughs> so do you have a favorite uh, species that you'd like to draw or paint? I'm really fond of the big cats. I've worked with cougars that I enjoy quite a bit. In fact, I have a a rather popular drawing yes. that I did. It's, it's on the back of Stay West, Young Woman, I believe. It's on the back of it. There's a small picture of it. And it's actually the cougar that visits my backyard because we have one that is quite fond of the girls' swing set. And <laughs> they're all, I guess, big cats at heart. So I was able to get a really good look at him. Now, I did not handle him or touch him. But I've been able to see him a few times, and so I decided to draw him. I think that they're very graceful, and they have something real special about the big cats. I also enjoy birds of prey, and I spent years working with different types of eagles and hawks, and I would take them into the schools uh, through the Audubon Society program and teach the children about them. So I really like the birds of prey as well. Well, let me ask you this. I know I, know, I read here that your dad was a noted artist, uh, and I know, you know when you're around your parents and they're really something to you, that their interests rub off on you. So how much influence did your dad have, uh, maybe not obviously up front, but in the long run, how much influence did he have on you becoming an artist? You know, I have to tell you that I, I think his his influence was great. I really believe that what I have is inherited from him because, unfortunately, I didn't get to know him. He he died in a car accident when I was just a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so I only have a few vague memories of him. But I did have a lot of people that told me about him, and I was able to find out about him, too. And I he didn't teach me anything because we didn't get that kind of time together mm-hmm. but i really feel that any talent or abilities or things really came from him because i don't have any formal training well looking at his work uh do you think that had any influence on your work you know the, the, what he painted how he painted or yeah i know you weren't familiar with how he painted but you were familiar right. with the work itself my work is actually very different than uh-huh. my father's. He tended to go more to landscapes and city scenes and more impressionistic style mm. of painting. And his 
his drawings, though, I think were maybe closer to mine because they tended to have more detail in them. My work is very detail-oriented, and I like to have images that not just evoke, you know, emotions or memories or feelings, but I like you to be able to learn something about the anatomy and the colors of the patterns of the wings or the, the fur or the animals. So I tend to be a little bit more realistic than than his work. Mm -hmm. But every piece of art that I sign, I don't know if you've ever seen a signature, but it will say Nancy Z, and the Z in there is my tribute to my father, who was Boyd Zimmer. I always put the Z in there just to kind of say, thanks, Dad, I'm, you know, thanks for what you've done for me, and I'm, I'm still here, and I'm still kind of carrying on what, what I think would be important to you, so... It's my own little personal yeah. tribute. There you go. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because you know, your your cougar picture, I'm, I really remember, that's one of the things that stood out when I saw it in the, some of the art magazines. And here in Tucson, they have the uh, Desert Museum, which is a wildlife uh, Sonoran Desert Museum. And their signature okay. animal is a cougar head. And I look at them, and I'm thinking, I... I the artwork on both of them, I was just wondering, because it looks so much like what you did, I'm going to, I wonder if she did that too, but I'm, from what you've got saying, I'm gathering you didn't. I didn't. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not familiar with the work, I haven't I haven't seen it, but um, yeah, this, this one was done, this artwork was done, I'm trying to remember, oh, it has to be over a year now. So it's a relatively new piece. Oh, okay, you know, that wouldn't be it because that's an old one. Well, you know, there's another piece of yours that I really like. And that's the hidden home one with the barn owl. Oh, you know, I have the sweetest story about that. Uh, the reason I decided to do that was because we were called to rescue these barn owls out of this woman's uh, barn. And... She was very upset about them being there and actually said that if someone didn't come take them out, she was going to destroy them. Ooh. And so we went out and we rescued them, and that's a long story in itself, but that, that's, a, that's a chapter in a book, I'm sure, coming. But we, we finally rescued them, and the mother came back, and I saw her, and I felt so bad. And mm. we tried to capture her, too, but we couldn't. And I didn't want to injure her. Yeah. So we had let you know we had to let that be, and I I felt really bad. But we took the other ones back to the to the rehab, and it was a risk doing a painting like that because at the time nobody was really interested in owls or focusing on owls, and everybody said, mm -hmm. oh, you know, that print won't fly, so to speak, it won't sell. Well, it was the first one that I decided to do as a limited edition, and it wasn't too much longer after that I got the most lovely letter from a woman who told me that she hung it up and framed it in her dining room and that for years she didn't like to eat in her dining room because she felt so lonely but after she put the art up it it really meant something to her and kind of spoke to her and she she named the owl and she started talking to it then when she would sit in her dining room she felt like she wasn't eating alone oh neat and she thanked me for that, and it's one of the stories that has stuck in my mind all these years. And I thought, well, if I can do that, then I've, you know, I've done my job. And it prob 
I was it probably keeps the mice out of the dining room, too. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. There you go. I yeah. should have thought of that. Yes, yeah. she has no mice, and she has company and conversations. <laughs> nice. And well, for more than that. Yeah. Well, you know, there's another piece of yours that I really like. It's kind of a favorite looking at it, and that's wild turkey and rye. That's actually a Florida turkey, and I was inspired to, to paint that one while I was in a turkey blind. <laughs> Herding turkeys. Yeah. And it was uh, real foggy, and, and I'm trying to look and trying to see what I can find, and, and he just stepped right out. Hmm. And I thought, oh, he's just beautiful. And the way the light was shining and yeah. kind of hit his copper feathers. And so I thought, well, I think I have to paint that. That's actually a watercolor. That's well, a pretty picture. I really appreciate it. Where, where in uh, Florida did you uh, do the serve for lack of a better word well, um, when, I, when I was in law enforcement yeah oh okay that one was I was in their Palm Beach office mm-hmm. and I was also in Oakland office and each region of course it's different now because they've merged with yeah. the Florida Patrol but back when I was working there you had different different sections of the state that were divided up, yeah. and so I actually worked in two different in two different areas. Okay. So it's central, like around Lakeland, and then further south around Palm Beach. Aha. We got to take our first break here. We are talking with a wildlife artist. Wild wildlife. <laughs> wildlife artist Nancy Quinn. She's also an author, and uh, we'll be talking with her about her books after we come back from this commercial break. So. Do stay tuned. We'll be right back after these very important messages. First Geronimo, then Cochise, and now the bloodiest Apache of them all, Olzana. To stop Olzana, the army sent a patrol commanded by a fledgling lieutenant and his advisor, a battle-scarred scout. The scout, Bert Emil Fonzie's Voices of the West will be right back. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper or your business. Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubbs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zouts podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zouts. Until then, that's a wrap. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. of the West. We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a uh, Saturday afternoon. Harry Alexander with you, along with Bunker de France. Our guest is Nancy Quinn. She's a wildlife artist. You like saying that, don't you? And, you know, I, I, <laughs> when, when you screw it up one time, you have to make some the proper emphasis there on you the right syllable in order to get it out the correct way. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also an author. Your, your background is most interesting because you, you uh, worked in law enforcement, uh, then you met your your hubby and moved to Washington D.C. Uh, and did a lot of things there. And then once he retired, you guys decided to throw it all in the U-Haul and move out west. You so know, I'm, that, I'm glad you mentioned the. You know, she's done a lot because we haven't even talked about the fact that she studied voice, sang professionally. She played piano and guitar, and I'm assuming she still does for the family and the critters out there in Montana. Oh, yes. In fact, the moose and the deer and all of the elk, they, they just love my music. <laughs> <laughs> have you written, Have you written, composed any music uh, to the critters? Uh, oh, I have. I have. Everything seems to have a little song. I know my family are always teased me about it, and when the girls were small, it seemed like no matter what we were doing, I always had a little song that I would sing and, <laughs> for them. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't do anything professionally anymore, right. and that was, that was quite a long time ago. But, but the music is still part of my life, and in fact, in a couple of recent videos on YouTube, because I have a YouTube channel, right. I actually do have a couple of them where I sing. So, yeah, nice. I still, I you know, I, I've got a project for you, musically. I think you should write a symphony symphony for a squirrel. 
Okay. You kind of, you know, kind of little Alan Copeland, you know, kind of, you know, a lot of French horns and stuff like that. Because after all, the West was one with French horns. That's right. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke here. Well, yes. you know, you, uh, we kind of touched on family, husband Bill, and I guess daughter Sandy and Sho- uh, Sonia. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the thing that got you guys out to Montana, from what I understand, was that your husband, unfortunately, was in the Pentagon on September 11th, a few years back, when the very nasty things started happening. He was. He was. He did survive the terrorist attack on the Pentagon. That had to be quite yeah. traumatic on the family. It was. Uh, I, I actually saw... The building burning live oh. on the television. Oh God, that's gonna be scary. It, it was. We we'd only been in in Washington for about oh I don't know six or seven months before this happened, and he had received the Pentagon assignment, being a military officer. You know, you get assignments all Yes, right. Well, he, he got assigned to the Pentagon and hadn't been there very long, and. And I was watching on the news about the Twin Towers. And all of a sudden, they, they cut the newscast and showed someone standing locally. And I saw the, the newscaster, the woman, her face just turned completely white. Mm. And she mm. said, we have a report of a fire at the Pentagon. Oh. And we're going to be going there live in a few minutes. So I thought, oh, no, what, you know, what happened there? So, of course, I was just glued to the television. And there it was, and you could see the smoke and the flames and everything, and I knew he was in there. Hmm. But I had to be patient, and I had to wait until he was able to call me and tell me that mm-hmm. that he was okay. But, you know, a lot of people weren't uh, yeah. okay. But it, it did hit a section they were uh, renovating. Yeah. So oh, it yeah. been a lot worse. Was the Pentagon, was. Was the Pentagon his last uh, assignment prior uh, before uh, retiring? Yes, he was only supposed to be there a couple of years, but they they needed him to stay on after this uh, because of the nature of the kind of work that he did. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up spending about six years there, which was much longer than we than we wanted. And then we were finally able to retire, and he always wanted to come back to Montana. He had visited as a boy mm-hmm. and always wanted to live. So we took a good look around the state, and we decided just the right place for us and began to have a homestead and learn how to live in a more rural kind of a setting. I was used to working in one, but, you know, living on a mountain is totally different (laughs) than living in town. And we were a little unprepared. Even though we're both pretty savvy and learn quickly, there's a lot of mistakes in the book. And you can work with us and learn from us, and that's the whole point. (laughs) Well, and, that, yeah. and you call your outfit up there Cimarron, is that correct? It is. That's a beautiful, beautiful name for, I'm from New Mexico, and up, upstate we have we have our own Cimarron, but, uh, so the name itself to me is a beautiful name, so. Well, and I've seen pictures of, of your place up there on your site, yeah, and it was, is gorgeous. I was got to say, <clears throat> it is absolutely beautiful up there, and I mean, we've got spectacular views down here in nothing Arizona, like but nothing like up there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, the mountains go on and on and on, and it's just so beautiful. And so, 
not populated. <laughs> well, you know, well, as long as we're talking about the Cimarron, tell us about Dolly and Wilson. Well, Dolly was actually a horse that I just, I just fell in love with her, and she was a sweet little mare, um, and unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to buy her as much as I wanted to, but Wilson is the horse that, we have three horses here, and he's the comedian of the group, <laughs> and we uh, bought him for my daughter when she was young, about about seven and he's quite a fellow he's he's always got something to say he's always got something to do he'll he'll steal the hat off your head <laughs> you'll try to talk to him and he'll stick his tongue out and just slap it up and down at you <laughs> and he's a real ladies man all the women love Wilson <laughs> and he gets fan mail he's <laughs> fan mail and he gets fan mail and <laughs> the ladies right <laughs> And they say, oh, Wilson, you're such a Casanova. <laughs> Does he have a star on his stall? <laughs> he should get one. He, he should, should yeah. But, but speaking of star, we do have another horse that we recently rescued. And his story was pretty sad, but it's, a, it's got a happy ending because he's with us now. And his name is Star, and mm. he's oh. mostly Arabian. I think there's mm. something else mixed in. And I, I did a beautiful video about him, you know, coming to to learn to live with us because it was, it was very sad. He was actually seized from his home by the sheriff in a neighboring county because mm. they were afraid he wasn't going to survive the night. He was being so badly abused. And he does have a problem in his hip and his leg, but we've been working with him now, and he's really improving, and he's such a happy fellow. Oh, good. We we believe both of us believe big time in in uh, rescue uh, horse organizations rescue. and, and yeah. especially horse rescue. A good friend of ours uh, and one of our sponsors um, is uh, Horse and Around Rescue, located down in Hereford, uh, southeast of Tucson. Steve Boyce, he um, he's a great guy. He's uh, he he and his partner have put together. I mean, one hell of a ranch down yeah. there for for rescues. And um, uh, on Facebook, every birthday that comes around, you get to choose a charity if you'd like. Mm -hmm. And that was my charity for donations for my birthday, Horsing Around Rescue, because it's something that we both believe in. And I mean, uh, my the hounds that I have had are have been rescues. Um, the cats that I've had are all rescues. You don't go to the store and buy them. They're That's just, me. I'm they, a rescue. Yeah, Bunker's a rescue. I found him someplace. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it all works out, I reckon. <laughs> well, you, and I must say, on, on his behalf, you find the best people under the rescue system, don't you? Yes, yes. You <laughs> know, yes, really do. I mean, find some great people. Yeah, you know, you're scratching me behind the ears, my leg will twitch, and I'm just happy. Yeah, and then you got to constantly yeah, give them treats. <laughs> I had a I had a cat one time when I was working at this radio station. The, it was summertime. The cat uh, the uh, door was open. This cat wanders in, hops up on the control panel, and uh, lays down. I think well, okay. And so I put out the announcement on the air about uh, the the kitty wandering in and 
nobody bothered to find out anything. I said that, well, okay, and left him and came back the next day, and here comes the cat again and hops up. And I thought, well, all right, you're going home with me. And cat DJ. Cat DJ. <laughs> and uh, he, I named him Felix, and he was, uh, he, he, uh, was, he was a character. And a that's a great cat. My dad had a Felix the Cat tattoo mm-hmm. from the 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Felix. So good he, name. So yeah, rescues. Rescues are are, are uh, we we like them a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I had similar experience that all the animals, of course, are either rescue or found, or they they wander onto the property and come to me, and and of course the horses. All three of our horses are ones that that nobody wanted or would take in, hmm. and you know, my Bill says we need to call the place Cripples. Cripple Horse Ranch or something like that because I'm always chasing everybody that's sick and injured and needs help. And um, but yeah, and and cats. There, I don't have a cat, but I have to tell you, when I went to sign some papers to adopt uh, a dog that we have, there was this cat that came up, and I was trying to fill out my papers, and he just laid across my papers, mm-hmm. and so I lifted his back legs up. And I kept writing, so I had his legs up and my left hand <laughs> right. And, and I said, "I said, boy, you're just a really friendly guy." Well, I put his legs back down and I tried to again write at the bottom, and then he took his paw and he put it right where I was writing. And I said, "Okay, what do you have to say to me?" And he looked at me like, "You just have to take home all this awesomeness." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, "Well, but I'm here to." to rescue this dog and you know i i i'm trying to to work with him right now and i can't take you home and i'm really sorry and and he said but but i'm so wonderful and, <laughs> and you're a good match for me and I said, well i know it's gonna come along for you and then he tried to compliment me so he was kind of a bit of a gigolo but um, <laughs> it, he was just doing everything possible to convince me and yeah. when i finally ended up having to pull the sheets of paper out from under him and the lady said, well, I'm sorry, is he giving you a hard time? And I said, oh, absolutely not. We're having a great conversation. <laughs> and I was so tempted to bring him home with me. I really was. Well, um, you know, the, the, the old saying is that uh, dogs have masters and cats have staff. Yeah. And so They do. <laughs> you know, uh, we've we, we got to do another commercial break here, Nancy. So hang, hang on the line. Nancy Quinn is our guest, and uh, she's a wildlife artiste and uh, author. Will Rogers medallion. Wild Arthur too. <laughs> Will Rogers medallion winner. We're gonna do. Um, we're gonna talk with her much more about all of that right after these important messages. Stay tuned. <laughs> Voices of the West will be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. 
The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Remember, all of you, we're playing for big stakes, mighty big stakes, an empire of cattle and land. The Diamond Hitch is not only the key ranch, but it controls the water privileges of the entire district. Once I take over, I'm clamping down. No more free water. That means that the other ranches will dry up like dust and blow away. Francis Voices of the West. We are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, Harry Alexander in Bunker de France. And Nancy Quinn is our guest, a wildlife artist as well as author. A little bit of music there for you. But come on, boys. We're riding into town. Ray Whitley and his six-bar cowboys. That's some good yeah. old stuff there. And, of course, the high chaparral theme. Nancy, I have to play the chaparral theme. Um well, it's a beautiful theme regardless, but uh, my co-host here was in 52 of those episodes, and so if I don't play it, he has to wander away. I we'll just wa- stirred he'll, he'll wander for away. the rest of the show. <laughs> he will, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
want no, heavens don't want him to want <laughs> no, 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 no. That <clears throat> that would not be good because uh, I can't do the show by myself. Well, I can, but yeah, you I, do. Don't, I don't want to. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, so. you know, <clears throat> tell us, uh, this was mentioned, a lot of the people's mentioned this, right, uh, commenting on your books, your recipes. Tell us about your recipes. Mm. Well, I really like to bake. And so I feature some of my favorite recipes in the back of the book. I thought since I was describing them in the book that people may want to try them themselves. So I have a few favorites, and then I also have a YouTube channel where I not only have uh, videos about things like our sunsets and the wild animals, but I do include demonstrations of baking. And the chocolate almond bars are completely amazing. Mm. The one that I made was pumpkin chocolate chip uh, cookies. So there's some of my favorite things in there, and I, I just love sharing them because these are all recipes that I actually make up in my own kitchen. Well now, well you know Harry you, you and I you love care, care packages. You, you take care of the rest of the show. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna t- catch the train to Montana. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's great, now, yeah. If, if I could come in person, I would bring you some. You're welcome. I did a local, yeah, I did a local radio show here in town, and I brought some of the cookies, and everybody was really excited to try them out. So I wish I could have come in person. I would have brought you some. Is is that uh, the show you're talking about? Is that the one that's tea with you? Um, oh, no, High Noon Tea is the program where I recommend different teas that I like because I really enjoy tea. And then I answer questions from my readers, people that have, you know, they they write me questions and they want to know things. So it's just a little time for us to sit down and have tea together and a little chat. (coughs) And I call it high noon tea. (laughs) Demi toss a tea. (laughs) Yeah, we, we used to have a YouTube channel and, and tried to share things, but... Maybe we should do something like they, that they on kicked, the show. They have kicked a, us have off. A, have a little two or three minute tea time here. Tea, yeah, right. Break for, you know... Yeah, cowboys doing tea. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that, no, that's... <laughs> uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, I don't no, think so. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I like tea. I like tea. Have you, have you, have you figured out a way to make a home, home brew out of tea? Oh, I have several different kinds that I that I mix together, and then you can do things like uh, if you grow peppermint, you can always dry those types of leaves and make peppermint teas. Although most of what I drink, I actually buy from the store, and I just have some favorite brands that I like to recommend. And you, you have to remember that I wasn't always in the West, and I'm still a bit of a fish out of water here, mm. and. So I'm finding a way to sort of blend my all my city ways with this new kind of, of Western lifestyle. And that's that's kind of part of the fun of the story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you'll you'll see different things in here that you'll think, well, gee, that, that doesn't sound very much like, you know, like homesteading or, or the West. <laughs> but, but it is in a way because it's sort of my way of, of doing it. And it's an interesting mix. 
well, it goes that way for anybody who who relocates to wherever it happens to be. And, and I don't know if uh, you served, if your hubby served overseas or not, but and, and if you went, but you know, it, that's another whole ball of wax there to uh, deal with is the customs and, and mores of other countries and, and their social structures and whatnot. And so that, that's. Um, wherever you go you got to adapt mm-hmm. and if you don't adapt well you <laughs> might well, as well be six foot under i reckon and you know if really if you think about yeah you know, on a trail drive or out on a ranch a team might not be too uh fit to maloo mm-hmm. that well mm-hmm. but in the towns tea was really common it was you know sure. tea was what one of the most drank beverages in the world for hundreds of years we we make fun of it but uh, it, what he says is true is uh, i mean we've got evidence of that down in tombstone for yeah. god's sake tea time with harry yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah i got another thing i want you to tell me about i understand that you're a knife thrower well uh, that's kind of that yeah. sounds kind of scary <laughs> well, it's not scary. I don't really throw them at people. I have targets. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you got to be good at it before you can throw them at people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's funny. Well, it's a real interesting hobby, and I actually started it in a sense as a type of rehab uh, because I had some surgery and I was trying to get some strength back, and I found that it was it was actually kind of fun. And my husband found me a starter set of throwing knives, and then when I got a little better, he found the most beautiful uh, set of them that have some, you know, designs and things on them. Because being an artist, you know, visual, I have pretty, pretty things that are also functional. So it's it's fun, and it's really good for your hand-eye, you know, coordination, and it's good for your your muscles and stuff, and. And I just enjoy it. So, yes, I do. I throw knives. You're kind of the Rambo of the range. Then. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm still trying, to, still trying to work the lasso. You know, my, my neighbors, they yeah. keep trying to convince me to learn how to do that. And so they brought one over, and I've been still trying to work with that. Although I'm, I'm getting better with the bullwhip. I can... Oh, nice. So, what do your what do your friends back east think of all of this stuff that uh, you're the, all these new experiences and and what you're doing now? Well, that kind of fits in with Florida in a way, though. The, well, it, the wild yeah. Florida, the wild west. Well, Florida was wild at one time. Frequently, still is wild. But uh, you know, the, when you talk, when you say the West, there's a, a certain the image dudes, that uh, the dudes back east yeah and, and so that's my question what do the dudes right. back east think yeah you're right about that you know there's a mystique about the west there's a certain culture and a lot of that is still alive today and when friends and family who who know me and remember me and think of me mostly in a skirt and nylons and high heels and and then they see me <laughs> doing things that we're, you know, talking about, they just, they just laugh. And instead of looking at the fashion catalogs, I was looking at the tractor catalog. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. And they said, what, what happened to you? I don't even know you. And <laughs> because it's so foreign to, to what they know and, and how they live. And so it's kind of fun. And You're kind of exotic. Here, of 
it's it's very common the things that I'm talking about in yeah. here. But when we bought a tractor, you know, we had to take a picture of us all standing in front of it and send it <laughs> back east and say the family tractor. Look at this. <laughs> nice. And, and yet the neighbors thought, "What's wrong with these people taking pictures <laughs> of their tractor? Why is this?" Why is this interesting? Yep. And, Out there polishing the tractor. So, so you guys have been in Montana for how long now? About 12 years now. Oh, you're yeah. settled. Yeah, you're settling in there. we got to do our final commercial break here. <clears throat> Pardon me. Our guest is Nancy Quinn. She is a wildlife author, uh, a wildlife artist, as well as an author. So we'll be back with... Uh, her life is wild. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very important messages. Do stay tuned. I want to hear the wind blow over my campfire Brushing the smoke away Rolled in my blanket there by the campfire Waiting the break of day April Francis Voices of the West will be right back Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday. Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. VOW Radio. The end of the Civil War was near when quite accidentally Rome sneezed, abruptly ceased retreat and reversed it to victory. His medal of honor pleased and thrilled his proud little family group. Some blood was spilled, and so it was planned to command well, Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, along with Bunker de France. Our guest is Nancy Quinn, author and wildlife artist. And uh, she's up in Montana in the big sky country. And by golly, it is a big sky when you uh, take a look at that stuff. And, and, and your views at nighttime must be absolutely spectacular. 
You know, before we go on, I just want to comment on the first song you played going into the break. That would be Open Range by Johnny Bond. Well, not only that, but it started with yodeling. Mm -hmm. And August 8th is World Yodel Day. That's right. So, Nancy, you should plan some big yodel event for August 8th (laughs) up there. Bring all your neighbors in. uh, Get the the critters to yodeling. Just have a -a yodel-a-thon. Yodel-a-thon. I love it. (laughs) Well, we could try that, although... Probably what we need to have here is something more with the elk bugling. Can you have a bugle? Oh, yeah. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) See, just ask Bunker to imitate. Oh, no, see, you get the blue ribbon. You've already won. (laughs) Just ask Bunker to imitate any animal, and he can probably do it. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey, you want to hear me uh, imitate a turtle? No. I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, let's tell us about... Wait a second. We didn't get to uh, hear her response about the magnificent skies in the big sky country at nighttime. Just look at her pictures. Well, you're you're right. Since there aren't any lights around here, we have a sky that is just full of stars. And usually the way my husband and I end the evening is to spend an hour or so we have a chair in our back bedroom that is right by the windows and we have a beautiful view up up here on the second floor and so we pull up the seat and we just watch the stars and we watch the moon and it's very relaxing Hmm. sometimes he reads me a little bit and sometimes we just look at the sky but it's it's a ritual for us Hmm. and we really look forward to the sunsets at night. I've done several videos on them. They are breathtaking. They are. Just the most beautiful paintings in the sky that are ever-changing with, the clouds. with color. Yeah, be, it's, be, it's be, just stunning. So night or day, you really get a good view. Before we have to uh, break off here, <clears throat> I want you to do some shameless yes. self-promotion here. Talk about... How do people find your YouTube channel, and where do they find your books? And her art. And your art. Well, I would say the best place to start would be my website, which is quinnwildlifeart.com. And there you have links to the YouTube channel, to the News from the Mountain, which is a, a little radio podcast once a month chat. That's relatively new, but the links are there as well. The books can be ordered through me if you want a signed copy. You can order one through the website. Otherwise, they're found in bookstores like Amazon or uh, they're, they're online with Amazon, and they're found in bookstores like Barnes & Noble. Excellent. So they're very accessible, and they shouldn't be hard to find. They're also in an ebook, and I'm thrilled if people contact me. I really do encourage them to drop me an email and let me know. I also have some social media accounts which are very easy to find. And, again, you can find those on the website. So, yeah, have people drop me a line and feel welcome to let me know what you're thinking about the books or I'm happy to answer questions. So I'm out there. Come find me. We have, come uh, to the mountain. Yeah, that, that's how you found us. Or actually, you found us oh, uh, through through, uh, this, through our Facebook page. And um, that was great. And I mean, I'm happy that she found us. Yeah, the first time I saw the pictures there, I thought, "Yep, we got to have this lady yeah. on." Well, uh, you, do you know, Nancy, I got, I've got to say, I have, I have some little experience with Montana. Uh, really close stuntman friend of mine 
for a while had a place up there on the Swan River, just out of uh, uh, Big Fork, and that's area. Oh yeah, you know the you know the the uh, Bob Marshall Wilderness area, the Flathead Lake. Oh, it's just you know all, all of Montana's. I'm not cr- that crazy about the plains out to the east, but up in the mountain uh, Rockies portions of uh, Montana, up around Glacier and all that. There is, it's hard to find any place on earth more beautiful, summer or winter, even though the winters can be brutal. Well, they are brutal, it's true, but then you have a, a month a month or two of summer, and it makes it worth it, staying the rest of the year. Well, um, that's, that's like us yeah. down here, we have a month or two of winter, actually yeah. we have a, a day or two of winter, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And then it's summertime all year. Yeah. <laughs> what are you working on next? Yeah, we- I have my third book, which is actually the last. I I, I think it's going to kind of sum up the homesteading type of adventure. Mm -hmm. So the third book should be coming out relatively soon. I I honestly don't have a date on it yet, but I'm finishing it up now. And I've also got a couple more books planned after that. But it's, it's been a real adventure, and I'm very happy to share it with people and I certainly hope that it inspires them and and can educate them in a way at my expense and just stories that they can really enjoy that that will just just touch their heart and answer any type of questions they have or give them a western experience without getting their boots muddy well I, I wish you all the best because I I think that's that's what we need more of is you know stuff that encourages the heritage and the values and basically that you know the west that not was but is but sometimes gets lost in all the all the uh, rush and hurly burly of us let's have progress when sometimes the best progress is just no progress you're just sitting there <laughs> like you say sitting there yep. at the window watching the clouds yep well i agree it's a it's a totally different lifestyle and that's what we wanted and yeah. we wanted to raise our children in this kind of environment. And it really is a modern pioneer type of lifestyle. And it leaves you very connected to nature, which is something that's important to me, too. And I think people reading the book, are going to, they're going to read stuff and say, I want a little bit of that because that sounds a lot better than the rat race I'm living now. <laughs> in fact, speaking of rat race, tell us about the fat rat before we leave. <laughs> oh, fat rat? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Fat Rat's quite a character, and he has caused a tremendous amount of trouble here. <laughs> and it seems like if he isn't tearing up all of my flowers and raiding the greenhouse and just causing all kinds of havoc, that his relatives have have taken up the uh, <laughs> taken up the responsibilities. The cause. So it, yeah, it's an all out at times Fat Rat chipmunk war zone, and <laughs> I am. Plenty of funny stories about that because I tend to look at everything with a hefty dose of humor. <laughs> I also think that's important when you're having any kind of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just thinking, fat rat, you need a barn cat. <laughs> we had barn cats when I was growing up, and I'll tell you what, they, they're amusing, they're fun, you don't have to let them in the house, and they love fat rats. <laughs> Well, you know, I really wanted to do that, but I'll, I'll tell you why I haven't. And my concern is that a barn cat just isn't going to survive here. Yeah. 
we have so many predators coming through. We have wolves and mm. cougars and grizzly bears, and I'm afraid it would just be bait. I, I really worry about having any type of outside animal yeah. other than the horses. And even, even my horse got chased and yeah. attacked by a cougar one. So, wow. We had that you know, I, I really <clears throat> wouldn't want to do that. I'd, I'd be afraid to leave them out unattended. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great idea, but we're just still... I don't think people understand how very, very wild it is here. Just find a really big, angry, aggressive barn cat. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> Nancy, we are out of time. Nancy Quinn, wildlife artist as well as author. Appreciate your uh, spending your Saturday afternoon with us. It, it's a, this has been a fun conversation. This has been a delight, and I'm glad she found us. Yeah. Because huh? I've had a ball. So thank well, you. it was for me, too. I just want to say thank you very much. I'm much obliged. Say hello to me, uh, from me to Felix, and I think I have about 52 episodes of High Chaparral to watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be easy to spot him. He wears a black hat and usually yells out, Riders coming! Actually, I'm the guy when they start the action and they got everybody's on camera, you'll see a cowboy sitting in the back. Yep. He'll slowly <clears throat> lean over to the side and disappear in front of the cowboy in front of him because I didn't want to be seen too much, so I could do 52 episodes. My, my wife has nicknamed him, he, or his Indian name, he who looks away from camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'll be sure, to, be sure to be looking. All right. I'll, I'll look. I'll okay. Thank you so much Thank for joining so us, much. Nancy. Nancy Quinn, appreciate you being here with us this afternoon. That's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We will be back next Saturday. Until then. Adios. Adios. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzik's Voices of the West.